cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Boroshank, Zelda, Kabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Melina, Nanook, Seba, Zao, Shao, Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Ur, Makabal, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheetha, Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shinnok, Sabrina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Dorai, Chodramin, Vasu's now, Tenkenshi, Lee, Mave, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Koma, Onaga, Shujin, Kotegante, Vandavora, Cassie, Cage, Eren, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Gungeon, Takeda, Tribe, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest. Been trying to get him on the show for more than a year, which I found out when I went to text him the link to this recording. Writer, director, Cody Ziegler. Zig, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good, man. Uh, I've been waiting in a cat-like state of readiness for the past 365 days to get on this podcast, yeah. so I'm glad yeah. we can finally do it. Yeah, I imagine that in the last year you've played through all 11 mainline Mortal Kombat games as well as MK Mythology Sub-Zero, MK mm-hmm. Mythology Special Forces. Yep. Um, Funny and, enough, uh, I actually did have Mortal the uh, Sub-Zero game when I was uh, when I was a kid, and I was <laughs> so disappointed funny. that it was not an actual good game. I was so bummed out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can relate to this. When I was a kid, it was like owning a game was an, an immense oh, luxury yeah renting yeah. a game was like you really had to choose wisely because for me yeah. at least it was like i could rent a game once every like i don't know month maybe a couple mm-hmm. months even mm-hmm. at blockbuster so yeah when i rented mk mythology sub-zero i was like well i've committed to this yeah it's because I... it, it, it would be your whole weekend <laughs> like you would have your whole weekend planned around a game you're like yeah i'm yeah. gonna have this thing for two days and it was a great game you're like sweet this is this is dope but if it was like trash like man now i like i have nothing to do for the weekend like i can't do anything now like my weekend shot it's wild that that's like not even an experience that people can have anymore because game game flies like done right yeah i think i have not seen a commercial doing that right yeah i haven't seen a commercial for that thing in years i think people just like buy games like these buy it from streaming uh yeah from like you know the the web-based stuff which is it's great but like there there is something about walking into like your local movie movie store like past like the haunted section past mm-hmm. like the new stuff like into like the video game section like just going purely off box art because you didn't have like reviews like there was yeah. an IGN or anything like that you, know, you just had to like go with vibes so like if the vibes are great you could get street fighter 2 but if the vibes were trash you could get i don't know star wars star- masters of terracotta <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i got exactly. suckered into renting so many star wars games where i was oh, like I- this is going to be the one this is going to be the PlayStation 1 Star Wars game that isn't horrifyingly bad. And they're never good. Unless it was on 64 no, really and the Wars Battle yeah. Squadron were in it, they were not worth it. They were not going to yeah. be good. I did not have an N64, so I got stuck with every bad Star Wars uh, game. My condolences, dude. Yeah. I feel like for PS1, I, I feel like the reputation is that like there were a lot of spectacular games that came out on that platform. But like I owned one, and... 
I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like the over index for like quality Japanese RPGs, like Final Fantasy VII, we got you. Oh yeah, Final Fantasy VIII, we got you. Xeno Gears, dope. But There's when it some came Chrono to like Crisis yeah. on there, maybe yeah, 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 you got that. Maybe get like a Metal Gear Solid. But then after that, oh, yeah. it, it'd be like you know, uh, Army Men Seven, Army <laughs> Men, Sarge's <laughs> War. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just trash shovelware games that no one ever wanted to actually play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, what a time! Yeah, what right? a time. <laughs> so, Zig, uh, I know, I know you as a gamer. You game, mm-hmm. right? You enjoy yeah. gaming. I do enjoy a game every now and then. Um, I have just honestly gotten really back into it when the pandemic hit and the PS Five came out. I mm-hmm. fully lean into it. Like I have right now, I have a PS Five. I have my PS Three. I have the Xbox uh, Series S here. But I do. I was actually funny enough. I was just putting some stuff away, and I realized that I have basically. Every single game I've ever bought since PlayStation. So, like, in my drawers here, I just have, like, Xbox games. I have PlayStation 3 oh, games, shit. PlayStation 2 games. Like, I have everything still collected and, and held, hold up. So, like, I really do just have, like, a, a monument to, like, all the games I've been playing since I could play games. I mean, that's tight. I wish I still had. I Every once in a while, I almost rebuy the original Xbox because mm-hmm, yeah. that, for whatever reason, that was like the era of my life where I was like, ooh, that was that was when video games were really, yeah. really Halo, beautiful. Halo, fucking Hydro Thunder. Like, I uh, truly. Hydro Thunder was so good. I remember my mom. Crimson Skies. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, dude, Prince, Crimson Skies was such a fucking sick game. And I wish I won't I want nothing more than for them to make either like a high def remake or high definition remake or just like make us like spiritual successor because I love that. I love a, an airplane fighting game. Ace Combat. Yeah, dude, it was, I was so arcadey yeah. too. And it was so like the world of it was so cool where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it was basically Porco Rosso, right? Like it was like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> air, airplane pirates. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the, the main guy was like a proto Nathan Drake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you have like maybe six different planes, but they all look cool as shit. Like I, mm-hmm. I generally love that game, but like Halo was like the game that like held me down on the Xbox. Like I remember my yeah. mom got me that game and she let me open one game early for or one gift early for Christmas. And it was a, uh, that game, so I had a full 24 hours where I couldn't play it. So I just read the instruction manual back to back to back like five <laughs> or six times. I was so into that world. Dude, ugh, the best. I, I I specifically went Xbox just because they had Oddworld. I was like, okay, mm, Oddworld's yeah. moving to the Xbox platform. That will be my next mm-hmm. console. Got it with Bar Mitzvah money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, not very good. Yeah. Halo though, yeah, blew my mind. And then mm-hmm. Time Splitters 2 was like the oh, thing fuck I yeah. probably played the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put a lot of hours into And Mortal Kombat Deception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I yeah, I put mad hours into into uh Halo and what was my I uh, maybe maybe it was um mech warriors i think there's like a there's like i think oh, there's a dude there was an amazing yeah mecha was it mech assault too maybe or mech mech, assault, yeah i think it was mech assault yeah where you could get out of the mech yeah. and you could also pilot like planes and shit yeah 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 god yeah, that game no, ruled. no one ever played the planes because you could shut down instantly but like you definitely yeah. had the option yeah but you could and that was yeah. cool there were a lot of that was like a whole wave around that era it was just like games where you could be in one vehicle but also get into another i mean i, mean, I guess because of grand theft auto but i yeah. feel like there was that there was that game metal arms that was really cool oh wait, like which a robot who could pilot bigger robots but oh also yeah. yeah 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 that yeah um, there's this um there is this game called i think blast core 
or something like oh, that. Oh, Friend 64? Yeah. Yeah, that, that you could do a similar thing or, or maybe it was, some, it was something like that where you could like, basically they're like there these was, bugs. Yeah. I don't know if it was Blast Core. There was like maybe like some bug game or whatever, but like bugs invaded the planet. It was was like that Jet Force pro- Gemini? The one something like about? that. It was one yeah. of these games where it was very much a proto Grand Theft Auto 3 where you could like get out, get in the trucks, get into like planes, get in the jets and shit. Only was like N64 graphics. So it was like four polygons <laughs> just walking across <laughs> a giant green screen that was supposed to be grass and stuff. But yeah, man, it's uh, I do feel like that we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But when you work on things that are uh heavily cg like i just worked mm-hmm. on a show that was entirely cg yeah kung fu panda you just worked on uh an she upcoming hulk. show which will be out mm-hmm. by the time this podcast goes up she hulk which has a yeah. lot of cg i feel yeah. like that's the only time that i get to see things that look like n64 graphics anymore because now <laughs> if i go on youtube and i try to look up like an old game that i remember from my childhood it's like f- 4k 60 fps yeah. like remaster <laughs> some like freak on a pc like cleaned up gex 2 and like dumped yeah. it on youtube um, yeah, it's been remade the Unreal Engine, and like it looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but, but when you're something... progressively seeing like modern blockbuster stuff like made, there is a level where it looks like garbage mm-hmm. because you don't want to spend the money like rendering everything. But like in between, like you've done the animatic, <laughs> it's like hand drawn. You see, you see what it's gonna look like in yeah. thumbnails, and then. And then later on, it's going to look beautiful and lit and like fully animated. But in between, you have to do a bunch of stages where it just yeah. looks like you really crap. have to use a lot of your imagination. <laughs> like I was, I was yeah. saying, I was, I was telling Ben before recording. Like I saw some of the early cuts for She Hulk, and it would literally just be like grayed out blob of Jen in like a T pose, being like keyframed <laughs> down a hallway, so it's stutter stepping as she's like talking. And you're like, yeah, I just got to assume this is going to look good because I've seen mark ruffalo in endgame and he looked great but at some point he was just a gray blob like an n64 blob on the screen as well i uh years ago maybe i've talked about this on the podcast before i can't remember but years ago i did punch up on i don't i don't i've never seen the movie final version of the movie so i don't know if they used Mm -hmm. any of this but i did punch up on that movie the great wall Mm -hmm. um and the version of the movie that was done that i watched to try to like write jokes to for them to add like an adr and stuff Mm -hmm. um I don't think I signed an NDA for this. I probably didn't. I guess I'll find out later. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was like the unfinished visual effects version. So I was mm-hmm. trying to like come up with good like dialogue jokes to slip in when characters weren't on screen or their mouths yeah, yeah. weren't like visible on screen. But what I was watching was Matt Damon like basically like firing a bow and arrow at a bunch of like blobs that looked like early renderings of Shrek, like pre-Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like were, yeah, yeah highly unfinished like gray blobs that weren't even taking steps they were just like sliding at him yep mm-hmm. yep <laughs> and, and like it's so hard to focus on like but what could be funny about this you yeah. know other than what is objectively funny about this in its current yeah. stage of it's so funny right yeah now. you see like she you see one she hulk shaped gray blob <laughs> hitting a smaller monster shaped gray blob you're like uh-huh. i i think i know what's happening on here i'm not sure i've read the script <laughs> but i cannot comprehend what is actually going to be on the final screen yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wild, like how many different ways you have to use your imagination. Like just the modern landscape of making like big, expensive yeah. stuff is going to have a lot of computer effects. Like, yeah, it's fascinating. Um. Anyway, on topic. 
Zig, <laughs> what's your what's your relationship with Mortal Kombat? Obviously, you played Mythology Sub Zero. I'd be delighted mm. if that was the only Mortal Kombat game you've ever <laughs> that, played. I've only played the side stories <laughs> that in Special Forces. Huge Jax fan. I don't yeah, like the actual Jax party. Guy. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I played. I mean, I was a huge fan of these games when they first came out. Like, um, mm-hmm. I want to say probably Mortal Kombat two and three are the ones I played the most. Um, yeah. cause I had a, my cousin Donovan used to rent specifically, he used to rent Mortal Kombat three. He rented it every, every week for maybe two months back to back to the point where his mom was, would actively get mad that he would rent this game because she, she was like, it's at not this cost point, effective. Yeah. She was like, at this point I could have just bought this game. Like, why are you renting this game constantly? But like, <laughs> it was one of those things where like, we, we figured out all the, all the like, um, cheat codes and like all this fatalities. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I feel like I would always play with smoke because I think his is the one that will like blow up the planet was like his, his, like his super or whatever. But, uh, oh, we yeah. used, so for those who don't know, smoke is a, is like a cyborg ninja and his, uh, his, um, his like one of his fatalities that he like opens up his like little robot chest and like a bunch of bombs come out and it blows up the planet. But like we used to do this, we used to have this stupid game where like we would try to land one of the bombs and we could have it roll directly under someone's dick. So like if we could angle it <laughs> right, we would try to get smoke to, to land a bomb to land under someone's nuts and blow them up. And like that was really how I got into Mortal Kombat. And uh, I dip in and out every since every back every back and every like other generation will come back in, but like. I feel like my old head is is talking when I say like I really enjoy like the two D sprite version. Like any any fighting game, yeah, I man. enjoy the two D sprites. Like whether it's like Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom. Like I'm a huge fan of like the animated sprites. So like I haven't seen that in a long time. So I haven't played a bunch of them since then. But like that's was like my golden era. It was like Mortal Kombat one, two, and three were where I was really really in there. Okay, I would say for me that was the start, mm-hmm. and then things got uh, off the rails after that. Um. Okay, so you haven't really kept up with like where the mythology's kind of gone since then. No, I I will do this one. I do I will do this sometimes though. Like I will say the past couple of Mortal Kombat games, I have not played them. But what I do do is I go on YouTube and like just watch the movies that people make where they just put oh, all yeah. the cutscenes together because <laughs> the cuts like the movies are like pretty fucking good in my book i'm like yeah these are like entertaining like i think I mean, the that's la- basically what it's like to play them it's like watching a movie that pauses every once in a while for you to play <laughs> a really fun fight and then it resumes yeah i think i think the last one i saw was was everyone had um the alien baraka like whatever whichever iteration that was like that's the last one that i've like watched alien baraka there was one with x where maybe well, there's like a DLC. alien was in that game yeah yeah i think it might have been that one then. yeah th- i think that was the last one that i like played aka i just watched someone uh-huh. play the game and watch the scut screens but yeah i'm pretty out of the loop when it comes to lore also the lore as i'm sure you'll get into is insane in these video games like it is it is it's it's some of the craziest yeah it's it's, it's it has it's been from wild. the start yeah <laughs> okay how what would you say was like your understanding of the lore like when you played those first three games like did you get what was going on or were you just kind of like yeah, there's good guys and there's bad guys and they're fighting each other. And it's yeah, I knew there were good guys and bad guys. I remember from the movie, there was like the nether realms, which is like, all right, that's like the bad Outworld. guy. Yeah. Outworld, mm-hmm. yeah, Outworld. And there was like, yeah, you can already tell that my my fucking knowledge is crumbling under the yeah, pressure. This is disgusting. Go yeah. on. Um, yeah, 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 I never, um, uh, what's the, 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 the shapeshifter Zing, Zing reptile Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung was like the big bat for the first one. Uh-huh. Then you meet his boss, uh, Shotokan. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn. And I was really stoked about like his like underlingings, like Montoro. That, that was the guy's name, right? Like, uh, the, uh, like he had like a cyborg tail, but like, yeah. um, and like a 
horse uh, Motaro. Like, Motaro. Motaro. Yeah. Um, centaur with with a yeah metal tail. I'm not clear on. Yeah, what I feel like his there. I feel like his metal his yeah. tail like was metal. Like um, any of the dra- the Dragon Clan cats were dope. Um, the tiger uh-huh. looking guy, the lady one. Um, Goro, the, Goro, yeah. Shiva. Like, oh yeah, I thought all those dudes like design wise looked cool as shit. But for the mm-hmm. longest time. I my so my favorite character was Sub Zero. Like that's the character that I always played. I thought it looked so cool. And for the longest time, I didn't know that he was actually a bad guy. <laughs> like I thought he was like one of the good guys. Well, he's a bad guy in the first game. Yeah. And then that Sub Zero dies, and his brother takes over, and he's mm-hmm. a good guy from then on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the I didn't. Sub Zero becomes Noob Cybot. Yes, that I that I knew because I was very upset because as a kid I was like this blue guy is blue is good obviously because it's a light yeah. color so it's not primary color it's not going to be a bad mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, then I realized that he was that. actually he actually fucked over Scorpion pretty hardcore and was like a very terrible guy blah blah blah. But like that's his like I feel like I knew probably more than I should know for someone that has not played a game in like a decade but a yeah, lot of that is just doing relatively caught up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of that is just deep dives on like the Wikipedia's and, and watching um watching the 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 uh, video game mo- the gameplay footage movies and stuff. Okay. Well, I feel like there's very little I need to fill you in that's going to be relevant for filling in the blanks here because mm-hmm. the character we're talking about today has a lot of ties to the past, <clears throat> more mm-hmm. to an era of games you didn't really play, but it's tied to things that I think you'd probably just like generally understand based on mm-hmm. your knowledge. That said one thing i want to establish for you briefly because it'll be a part of the character's story um is just the basic baseline mythology uh, of mortal Kombat. so real quick just to rewind uh, back to um the dawn of time <laughs> there was there was nothingness and there was the one being and the one being was like you know god for all intents and purposes god yeah um the one being was like hey i want to make some stuff uh, and so the one being created, the Elder Gods. It's like pantheon of gods mm. that could create um, life so that they would have something to sort of rule in this like infinite nothingness. The Elder Gods were like, hey, why, if we have the ability to make life, do we need the one being to tell us what to do? So they made these weapons called Kamidoku daggers. <laughs> and the Elder Gods used these daggers to slice the one being up into a million pieces and each piece of the one being became a realm. So like an entire dimension, oh, an entire okay. universe, okay. multiverse, okay. if you will. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, the one being's pinky nail is Earth Realm, mm-hmm. um, which is like the entire universe as we know it. Mm-hmm. But then there's other realms like Outworld. Um, Can I hop in with questions? Where, or, or, is yeah. That, is, oh, right, please, so, by all means. So um, I, this is a question I've always had because I never could quite understand it. So like... Earth realm is not just physically the Earth, right? It's like our universe, it's like Jupiter. It's like our yeah, it's our solar universe. system. Everything. Okay, yeah. and so Nether realm is like another dimension, or like a, it is another, a dimension. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's all. I, yeah, I was wondering as a kid. I didn't know if it was like another planet or like it's okay. It's a whole other dimension. All right, got it. Yep. All right, I'm it's about you. the the whole series is about an interdimensional uh, war, really. Okay. Um, because there are all these realms. There's Outworld, which was you know ba- you know fantasy. Dark fantasy world. Shang Tsung mm-hmm. lived there. Shao Kahn was the emperor there. Mm-hmm. Then there were other realms like the Nether Realm that you mentioned earlier, which is mm-hmm. basically what if hell was a dimension. Yes, um, that's where Scorpion was in like for a while, right? Yeah, Scorpion's soul was trapped there for a while. He became mm-hmm. a wraith there. We'll talk about that a lot today. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so just you know, there are these many realms. Um, 
And the point of the Mortal Kombat tournament was that the realms were always trying to conquer one another because Mm -hmm. in a big galaxy brain way, the one being wants to be whole again. Yeah. And so since we're all part of the one being, there's this urge that we all have to discover these other dimensions and fight Mm. each other and try to merge them. So the Elder Gods created the Mortal Kombat tournament as a means to make sure we still had free will, Mm -hmm. but make it difficult for us to merge the realms. They made it so that you have to win 10 Mortal Kombat tournaments in a row okay. before they would permit you to merge realms. What what are the, what are the numbers looking like? Like who has the most the most Ws? Well, at the time of the Mortal Kombat series as we know it, Outworld big time because okay. all those all those monsters that live in Outworld, like oh, Levado, yeah. the Centaur, Goro, the Dragon Man, mm-hmm. they all had their own realms that were conquered by. Shao Kahn, and that's why Outworld is like a melting pot of all these different kinds of oh, monsters. Okay. Their realms have been conquered over the centuries and millennia, mm-hmm. even, and merged with Outworld, and he rules over all of them now. They're all just in this like fucked up climate changed like fantasy realm where all their mm-hmm. worlds are like mashed together, um, and he's in charge for a long time. So, like, the first Mortal Kombat game is about the 10th tournament that will decide whether Earthrealm gets merged with Outworld. Oh, okay. Um, and of course, you know, we won that first mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat game. So then the story from there was like the different ways that Shao Kahn tried to make sure he could still beat us and then mm-hmm. onward into other stuff. The one other important thing you need to know for what we talk about today is that part of this creation myth is that when the Elder Gods made the realms, um, one Elder God, this guy named Shinnok, said, hey... I know that guy. I know that name. Okay. Yeah, he was the villain yeah. of uh, Mortal Kombat 4, and the mm-hmm. movie that you watched from Mortal Kombat X, he was also the villain in that mm-hmm. one. Um, he was like... He's like the Lucifer of Mortal Kombat, um, although mm-hmm. Lucifer from the Bible is also in Mortal Kombat, canonically, um, <laughs> as the god who protects the Netherrealm. Um, uh. But uh, he was like, hey, why are we making all this life on Earth and not fucking with them? We should go down there and like enslave them and like do fucked up shit to them. And the mm-hmm. other elder gods were like, we don't really want to do that. That's mm-hmm. not like what we were into. And, and so he I, went correct to me for, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but Raiden is an elder god, correct? Raiden's not an elder god. So okay. when they made the Mortal Kombat rule, the elder gods were like, let's make like a god, like a sub god mm, for each okay. realm. And that's like the coach that's going to pull together the team whenever they get okay. challenged to a Mortal Kombat game. Mm-hmm. So Raiden is like, there's a couple other gods in the mix, but they're mm-hmm. just kind of support. But generally, Raiden's the guy who's like, your job is to protect Earthrealm. If someone challenges Earthrealm to a Mortal Kombat tournament, you're the guy who shows up to negotiate terms and to decide okay. who in Earth is going to be drafted to fight. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So Shao Kahn was supposed to be that for Outworld. And then he also took over and was like, eh, I'm also going to be your emperor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Shinnok was like, I'm going to go to war with the Elder Gods so that I can do what I want and enslave Earthrealm and enslave the other realms. And they defeated him in a war. And locked him up in uh, the Nether Realm, where he was watched over by Lucifer, the god <laughs> in charge of protecting the Nether Realm. Oh yeah, and uh, and that's where Shinnok is for most of the history of Mortal Kombat. But we'll get mm-hmm. into that. What happens with all of that a little bit in in the story we talk about today. Um, but before we do, one last thing I like to ask uh, my guests is I always have a prompt for each season of Mortal Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and that prompt is based on a question that uh, every character we're talking about in that season has to deal with at some point. So the theme of this season is the question of if you could go back in time in your life, like what would you change? Would you change anything? 
Do you mm. think you'd be better off if you could change something? It's something that everyone kind of has to deal with in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ask you, Zig, if you could go back in time and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Uh, maybe my, my, my smart brain is just saying don't change anything because you don't want to fuck with the timeline or mm. create parallel timelines. But if I was going to do it, I think... Um, I think it would just, I think, I mean, this is such a fucking dad answer, but just like realizing that, like, just be confident. Like, cause once you become confident, it made life so much easier for me. So like, yeah. if I would have been like as confident as I am now at like 12, it would have been, it would have been a wrap for, for every, like, I, I probably would be a super villain, honestly. So I like, but I think, so it's I think probably like, for the best that you're not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good answer. I think. I like that. That's interesting. Go back in time and just be like, you got this. Yeah, you really got this, this, this figured yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, if you could think of like one tangible thing mm-hmm. that would be different, do you think, if you had become more confident Ooh. at 12? Ooh, you know what? I think, I think I probably wouldn't have even gone to like college. I think I wouldn't have gone to undergrad at least. I think I, think I just would have like been like a little, I would have moved to like some city where I would, would have been a stranger and been very uncomfortable for three or four years, but would have got some life experiences and then would have probably ended up doing whatever I'm doing now. But like, uh, definitely, I definitely would have just like moved to like out of the, out of state to like some random city and just been yeah. a dude that lived there for like three or four years, probably working like a brewery. I don't know. I don't drink beer, but like, I, I just figure <laughs> I, I just can see overalls in my life design at that point. Like 22, yeah. a dude in overalls, a big tall dude in overalls. Like I, uh-huh, I could very uh-huh. much see that being the energy that I would bring to us to a situation. Where did you grow up? I'm from North Carolina, a super small town in North Carolina. Okay. What state do you think you would have gone to? Do you think it would be LA or do you think you would have gone? No, I bet it would have been like, not even like a big, it would have been like fucking Denver or something. It would have been like Colorado. It would have been like, I feel like that. I feel like Philly. So you would have become like a classical hipster is basically what you're saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been a hipster. If you'd been a little more confident, you would have gone and immediately <laughs> just like grown a beard, worn overalls, worked at a brewery. And start dating a, yeah, start dating a girl named Pocket or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but even then, eventually would have been like, I think I want to go write television and move yeah, to Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would have been heartbroken, but she would have understood. <laughs> Why is it? It's so funny to me that you were like, yeah, if I was more confident, I think I generally just would have had a phase where I worked at a brewery. Otherwise, probably the same. Yeah. 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 I would have substituted at college for street smarts. That's what I would have. Generally, I think one extremely specific thing would have changed in a way that is, you know, fine. Do you, is it a regret in your life that you didn't ever have a phase that you worked in a brewery? Not at all. I don't know why, but this is, this is, this is very much of everything all everywhere all at once where like you hit the yeah. one universe and someone hops in where like you know it's very much yeah. the exact same only i worked in philly for three years like that's the only major difference yeah. in when my forced life to think about it it was like <laughs> i think i think part of me just wants to try that yeah, yeah. i get it i get what you mean I, the yeah. other night i went to a restaurant um that by the way is one of the best meals i've had in a long time in la it's a place called oy bar Ooh. uh in i think it's in sherman oaks mm-hmm. um but the restaurant is owned and run by a former uh tv writer he actually wrote on like friends oh cool um and the food was so amazing and he like came out and talked to us after and my friend who was with me was like is that like your dream is to like eventually do that <laughs> like run a restaurant and i had to actually think about it critically and i was like yeah i mean 
I hope I think I do want that. I think I'd like that. I think it's really stressful. I think most restaurants shut down in like a year. Yeah, like yeah. Ninety percent of restaurants. Yeah, very few restaurants make it out. <laughs> also, working in restaurants yeah. is so unnecessarily stressful. Like, the, I've, have you seen the bear? At all? I have seen the first episode and found it so stressful that I haven't come back to it. My dad is a chef. Okay. So like yeah, well, I then also you know. saw like what that did to his body. So yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you you know what it's like. Yeah. Ep- I will say episode seven of The Bear, I used to, I used to be like a line cook in some kitchens and stuff. Like that truly does capture the chaos and stress and and just how much you do not want to be there when you're getting your ass kicked during lunch, during a rush order. Yeah. Very, very stressful. Yeah, it always. I don't like people counting on me to do things quickly. <laughs> yeah, or get I, uh, yelled at. Yeah, the <laughs> one time I was ever an assistant out here, I got fired after two weeks because I just was like, "It's just not my energy. I can't. I don't. I don't have it in me to be good at that." Like so being a chef feels, or being like a chef's assistant, or like a line cook feels very like in the same vibe of like someone needs something from you right now, and you have to remember how to do it right. And I feel like I'd fuck up instantly. That's so funny. Like, like, hey, uh, yeah. hey, Ben, did you book those? plane tickets i you know i realize i actually don't want to do that so i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna not do that the like, thing, no the thing that got me i forget what it was that got me fired ultimately but it's something like my the executive i was working for was like can you send this book to like these five writers uh get it to their like agents and i sent it to their agents and then i think it was like no, you never send it directly to their agents. You send it to one agent that we have a relationship at that agency. And I was like, uh, I didn't know that. I don't know yeah. how I was supposed to or when I was supposed to know that. I yep. understand that that's something that I was supposed to come in with, but I don't have it. And then like Sunday, I got a call that was like, do not come in on Monday. I was like, okay, I understand. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood, baby. I get it. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, it's okay. It got me where I am now. It worked out. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, not, I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think I'd do well as a line cook. Possibly also not as a bartender uh, at a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know what? I have to go to Earth eight seven seven, where I'm actually worked in Philly for three years to see what would happen. See how it turns yeah. out. I think I think you could pull it off. Philly was uh, a fun place. I've been there once. It was nice. Again, I don't know why I'm even picking Philly. I'd never wanted to go there. Yeah, I have no it was Denver, connection. Now it's Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have no well, idea they put ice there. cream on pizza there. It's a pretty fun place. You could get that if you want. At oh like yeah, you know what? Now I'm now I'm settled in. That's what I need. Yeah, Philly all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, enough about the many lives of Zig. Let's talk about the many lives of Takeda Takahashi. Ooh. Do you have any familiarity with Takeda? Uh, is that Scorpion's son? Is that the... the well, blonde? you know, in a sense, but no. But in a sense, yes. Is as, that the blind as, swordsman? He is, the, he is the son of the blind swordsman. Uh, then no, I don't, I don't think I know this character then, no. But but without jumping ahead to spoilers, mm-hmm. let's just let's just go from the beginning mm-hmm. and let's let's see. So so uh, while it's not totally clear where Takeda was born, he was raised in Lampang, Thailand, mm-hmm. where he was raised by his mother Suchin, a single mother, and he had a very normal life growing up in a small village in Thailand. And then one day, his mother received this letter and went ghostly white, freaked her out. And she said, Takeda, I need you to go and stay in a neighboring village for a little bit. I'll come get you soon. And Takeda was like, what? What's going on? So he goes over to this other village and he's kind of like waiting for his mom to come pick him up. And instead, this man named Kenshi arrives. And Kenshi is the blind swordsman that you were you were mentioning okay. earlier. Um, and he says, I'm your dad. I need you to pack a bag right now. We need to go. And young Takeda, who's like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years old, is like, 
What? I don't think big, I should go. My... Big Rick and Morty energy. Oh, we, we got to go, Morty. There's a, there's, a, there's a tournament. The Netherlands, they're coming, Morty. Like what? Basically, basically gets Mortied. Um, yeah. yeah, he's like, I think, um, I think I should wait. I think my mom wants me to wait. And Kenji yeah. just says, your mother's gone. And oh, little Takeda's like, um, okay. And they go. And so Kenji doesn't really explain like what's happening or, mm-hmm. or where they're running to. He just understands that they're running from something and from someone who presumably had something to do with whatever happened to Suchin, to to, mm. to Takeda's mom. And so they're they're running, they're running. They wind up trekking through the Himalayas. So this <laughs> As one does. <laughs> so this little kid, and I think I know the exact route. I think they were going northeast from <laughs> Thailand through the Himalayas on their way mm-hmm. to Japan. Yeah. Um, trying to lose their tail. Uh, and Takeda's like this kid. He's like, what the fuck's happening? Kenshi's mm-hmm. clearly this practiced warrior. It's very like a little bit lone wolf and cub. Yeah, so, yeah it seems very, very classic, like lone wolf and cub energy going yeah, on. A lot of Takeda's story is, which is why I like it so much. Cause <laughs> I fucking love lone wolf and cub. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of trekking through the Himalayas. They're not getting along. Um, Takeda's like scared of this guy, but he doesn't really mm-hmm. have any parental relationship. He, he, he understands that he's his dad, probably, but he doesn't really know him. And then one day, uh, they're talking and they're walking, and all of a sudden, an arrow goes through Kenshi's knee. Oh, shit. And is like, oh, fuck, what's going on? And these uh, this gang shows up with kind of high-tech like armor and stuff, mm-hmm. and they introduce themselves as the Red Dragon. These are the people who've been tracking Kenshi um, and who have been coming after them, who they've been running from. And they've got this guy named Suhao with them. Uh, there's like, you know, four or five random red dragon mm-hmm. members and this guy named Suhao. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenshi immediately is like, Takeda, run! And so Takeda does and uh, unfortunately immediately gets grabbed by one of the red dragon guys. He's going to get killed and mm-hmm. then a kunai goes flying through the red dragon guy's throat. Hell yes. Yeah, dude. And uh, Takeda drops down to the ground and looks up and who's come to rescue them but this uh, ninja in yellow armor. Yeah, uh, all right. Who we know as Scorpion, mm-hmm. but he might not know as Scorpion. Get over here, um, kid. Yeah, <laughs> he does say something like that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turns out that Kenshi has led them into the territory of the Shirai Ryu, this Ooh, Japanese okay. ninja clan that famously years earlier had been slaughtered, mm-hmm. but appears to still be in some form uh, still existing. And so the guy shows up. It's uh, he does not introduce himself as Scorpion. He introduces mm. himself as Hanzo Hasashi. Mm. Is this, this Hanzo, is, so? This is Earth Realm, right? This isn't like a, this is Earth Realm. Yeah. Okay. This is straight up Japan. We're just in Japan right okay. now. Okay. Okay. Trek through the Himalayas. Presumably left the Himalayas because they don't stretch to the like island of Japan. The <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> quick, quick swim. Uh, yeah, they took a swim that we didn't see, and they're in mm. different snowy mountains um, <laughs> for continuity's sake in this comic book. And uh, and now they are in Japan, um, in Shirai territory. And uh, Hanzo Hisashi shows up, and he just slaughters the, most of the red dragons. The rest of them run away. And he takes Takeda and Kenshi and leads them into the Shirai temple for protection. Um, Kenshi immediately says, okay, Takeda, I'm leaving you here with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, kid. Yeah, he's like, this is Hanzo. Uh, he's going to take care of you. I need to go finish this situation with the Red mm. Dragons. Um, 
And Takeda's like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> no. First off, where is my mom? What's happening? Second, like, you, you, I, all I know about this man is that he just brutally murdered like six adults in front of me. <laughs> Can I get any adult, please? Just one, <laughs> one adult, please. I want. I would love an adult who does not have a sword in their <laughs> hand. They are ready to use at any moment. Um, but Kenshi just says, "Hey, listen, don't worry about it. This is Hanzo. He's not that scary." For the record, yes, he did used to have a wraith named Scorpion living inside of him mm-hmm. uh, that made him do terrible things and had the ability to use Hellfire because of the time that he spent in another dimension that demons run. By the way, there's other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Lucifer's a real person that exists. Also, Lucifer's a guy. Yeah. And Scor- and this man has met him <laughs> yeah. and worked with him. Um, but don't worry about all that. Many years ago, he conquered the Scorpion persona and got it under control. Mm-hmm. Not unlike a Hulk. <laughs> and yeah, he's smart Scorpion now. Yeah, he's now he's smart Scorpion, <laughs> otherwise known as Hanzo Hisashi. <laughs> and uh, he's going to take care of you. I'm going to go kill this guy named Dagon, who leads the Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be free and we'll have revenge for what happened to your mom. And he's like, what happened to my mom? And he's like, I think you can fill in the blanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Get you a, a whiteboard kid? Come on. Yeah. See the Red Dragon? Um, we got yeah. Those guys did something to your mom. If you had yeah. to guess... Probably not great. She's yeah, gone. Up, kid, what are we doing Don't. here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Kenshi fully leaves Takeda with Hanzo <laughs> and just bails. And the very first night, Takeda immediately tries to sneak out of the temple and mm-hmm. run for it because mm-hmm. he's like, this is it fucked makes up. sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Hanzo stops him, though, and he says, you uh, aren't going to run because Shirai you don't run. They fight. And Q montage. Yeah, Q montage, dude. It's time to train. That's where yeah. Takeda's like, oh shit, I'm gonna be trained to be like you. Okay, that's kind of cool. I'm nah. in. Uh so for years, Takeda trains under Hanzo Hasashi as they rebuild the Shirai Ryu and take on new recruits mm. um and build this ninja clan back. Mm. And so Takeda is alongside many kids, um, like him who are training to become ninjas under Hanzo Hasashi's tutelage. And specifically he becomes best friends with this guy named Forrest Fox. Um, otherwise known as Fox, uh, who does really have, seems like he's being built up to be someone cool. So does he have like any specific power set like the other sort of guys have in, in Takeda? In this? No, uh, For- Forrest Fox. Fox? Have like, yeah. Uh, well, I'll answer that question in a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got ahead of myself. Yeah. There's a, uh, uh, to our knowledge at this point, maybe. Okay. Um, we've only just met Fox, you know, we just know that he's a buddy of Kenshi or sorry, of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of Takeda's and, and they're hanging out and they're having fun training together to be ninjas. It's like, you know, kids with bike stuff, but, uh, ninjas instead. Mm-hmm. And so they're having a good time. Um, the one hitch being that Takeda refuses to speak about his dad. He blames his dad. He's like, my dad left, dumped me here. It's been years. Mm-hmm. Um, took me away from my mom. Whatever happened to my mom, I kind of blame him for. Um, so I don't want to talk about him. Not with Hanzo Hasashi, not with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, things were pretty good. He was enjoying his like ninja training. Until one night, he gets shaken awake uh, by Fox. And Fox is like, hey, man, wake up, wake up. And Takeda's like, yeah, what's up? What's going on, dude? 
and he opens his eyes, uh, and Fox has sliced his own face off, and oh, every sh- other person oh, in the fuck. room has been slaughtered. He's killed the entire, every other oh, child is dead. Oh, shit. He killed the entire clan. Oh, wait, <laughs> What's the, what? Wait, what? Wait. So, wait, wait. So, our boy Fox sliced off his, his own, own face. face. He, Fox cut, oh, my God. stabbed okay. everybody to death in the entire clan. They're all okay. dead. Damn. Yeah. I was just getting attached um, to these guys too. Yeah, you were like, "Hey, this is going to be this." I guess the story is about this. Yeah, no, they're all dead, <laughs> other than Takeda, and as we soon learn, Hanzo, who's tied up um, by Fox, and Fox brings Takeda over to Hanzo, and he's and Fox says, "Here, this is the weapon I use to cut off my face and kill everybody. It's called a Kamidogu dagger. Mm, ah, the daggers okay. that were used to cut mm. up the one being. What are those mm. doing here?" Seems bad. He hands the dagger to Takeda and says, I want you to use this to kill Hanzo. Cut his throat. Kill him. And Takeda's like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) No. He says, get over here when he stabs you. He's a scary guy. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? I, He's like the closest thing I have to a dad, I guess. (laughs) Since my mom, most time I've spent with an adult, like at all. Um. I don't like want to kill him. Can I not? <laughs> and so uh, Takeda grabs the weapons that he's been training with, which are uh, those kind of sword whips. You know what those are? Oh, wait. So wait, Takeda's the guy with like the, the whip chain thing? Yeah, whip chain. Okay, yeah, all right. I know this character. All right. Yes. All right, all right. Now, yeah, all right. So he, he pulls out his whip chains and he's like, I'm not going to fight uh, my master. I'm going to fight you, you little freak. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 nerd. Yeah, and so they start fighting, but whatever's going on with Fox, it's clear that it, it's like an otherworldly power mm. that he is either wielding or being controlled by. Mm-hmm. And so Hanzo sees Takeda in trouble and becomes overcome with rage, which Uh-oh. leads to Uh-oh. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. not unlike a Hulk, mm-hmm. his scorpion persona takes over. He's consumed by hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he starts fighting back against fox uh, that's my secret to Kata. i'm always scorpion i'm always movie. hellfire yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> honestly it becomes such a direct like <laughs> he, he gets to that beat basically <laughs> unfortunately i'm always getting over here unfortunately it's quite clear that uh one mr stanley ripped off the lore another of Mortal combat another one he, uh, another one when he <laughs> When he himself came up with everything that has to do with the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shots fired. Um, so <laughs> so uh, Hanzo, uh, overcome with rage, turns into Scorpion um, and does so in order to save Takeda, even though it's clear, like, you know, it, it's dangerous for him mm-hmm. to allow Scorpion to take hold. Mm-hmm. He starts fighting against Fox, slicing him up slicing and dicing this little kid without a face um but it seems like the more blood that gets spilled the stronger fox becomes oh okay yeah something's fucked up is happening it's Mm -hmm. it's some kind of blood magic Mm -hmm. um but when takeda jumps back into the fight to help uh they do manage to slice fox's head completely in half takeda like (laughs) jams his sword into fox's neck and like flings it up Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely traumatizing <laughs> for Takeda. It's the first time he kills anybody yeah. um, himself, and it's like his best friend, and also he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it uh, looked really, really cool though. So it did. It looked you know. like it looked sick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so Hanzo, uh, does manage to struggle, but finally succeed in getting Scorpion back under control. And the two of them get back together and are like, what the fuck was that? And Hanzo says, I don't know. We need to take this Kamidoku dagger to Raiden, the Mm. God who protects earth realm and investigate what the fuck's happening. Like right now. (laughs) And so, uh, they trek back through, I don't know where the Himalayas maybe. (laughs) <laughs> on their way to yeah sucks they couldn't get a plane from like the ninja dojo or like uh-huh. they didn't have they any sw- one of those retainer they swim back through the pacific ocean <laughs> uh to the himalayas <laughs> and they <laughs> trek through and eventually make it to wherever the sky temple is i feel like it's been established and i can't quite remember i want to say it's over china i think it's a temple that floats over china mm. so maybe yeah maybe they went through the himalayas again they get to Raiden's sky temple and uh, Takeda says to Hanzo on the way, like, what's the deal with Scorpion? Like, what's up with your wraith? Like, how do you control that? What's going on? So Hanzo. <laughs> what's your deal, dude? He's like, can I do hellfire power? You've shot fireballs. Can I do hellfire yeah, fireballs? Yeah, yeah. And so Hanzo explains, uh, listen, man, many years ago, my family was murdered. Uh, and I tried to avenge their death. And in the process, I died myself. And mm-hmm. I died swearing revenge. And that lust for vengeance um, sent my soul to the nether realm where I became a being of like pure hellfire named Scorpion. I became a wraith. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only many years later after years living just as a being of pure vengeance that I managed to get it under control. And the only way that I was able to get it under control is that a wise man uh, saw that the hellfire that turned me into Scorpion was not the power of rage it was the pain the power of christ he turned his <laughs> chair around and sits christ. down yeah uh so uh, a little man named jesus christ taught me <laughs> yeah he goes full yeah. youth pastor yeah you know who else had holes in their hands a little man named jesus christ <laughs> the man who uh threw blades out of their hands connected to chains he yelled get over here and pulled his enemies yeah. towards him so that he could get them uh it was jesus christ yeah uh, no, he, uh, he says, uh, this person realized that the power that gave me the hellfire wasn't rage. It was the power of, uh, pain, mm. pain from the loss <clears throat> of my family. And it was pain that would never leave me. And that's why the hellfire would never leave me. And I had to accept that, uh, Scorpion and Hanzo were not two different people. Ooh, okay. Uh, Scorpion is just the pain that's always inside of me that I have to learn to control um so that i don't hurt other people i don't let my pain become other people's pain mm-hmm. and you know who that wise man was that taught me that kid is like who do you want to guess zig who, who that uh, wise man was? it's not jesus christ okay um probably uh, not uh raiden it wasn't raiden oh. it was kenshi Oh damn it! That, it that's was a better. Dad. I don't know why. That, yeah, that makes so much more sense from a story perspective. Like, well, I don't know why yeah. yeah, yeah. Raiden who has not <laughs> showed up once to this whole at telling stories. Man, come <laughs> yeah. on, it's so yeah. obvious. <laughs> like, yeah, um, completely missed that obvious that obvious layup. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, dude, it was your dad. Your dad. I know you don't want to talk about him, but that's the reason I took you under my wing. That's the reason I helped you guys. Is that it was your dad who helped me see that. A long time ago, I worked with your dad. We fought in a war against the Nether Realm. I don't have to get into it any more than that. Other, other than like, <laughs> sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, he he taught me that. He helped me stop being just Scorpion. He helped me find my Hanzo again. 
and that's why I helped out. And Takeda's like, oh, it's a lot to think about. Um, but before they could really resolve it and think about it much more, they've arrived mm-hmm. at the Sky Temple and they're ready to talk to Raiden. Mm-hmm. Um, but they notice that there are insane storms happening around the Sky Temple and they're like, it seems, that seems bad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Raiden's in a mood today, huh, boys? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, something's up. So they approach and uh, immediately get attacked by mm-hmm. the God of Thunder, Raiden. I was say Thor. He shows up. No, dude, that's another fucking thing. Stanley stole. Ah, uh, of course, this from Mortal Kombat. Brazenly. Yeah, it's pretty he didn't obvious. Give a shit. He's like Excelsior. <laughs> yeah. I'll have that, and I'll have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he does a move where he flies at you and yells. Uh huh. That's why Thor's always doing that. Yeah. Um, they find Raiden, who is visibly possessed by blood magic as well mm. uh and he just starts fucking attacking them he grabs takeda's head is like striking him with lightning in his fucking brain fuck yeah um, takeda's like blah, 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 <laughs> and uh and his, his still you know kid body just gets fully laid out yeah um and uh and and he like blacks out that's like it and then he he wakes up um you know he hears boop Oh shit. He's like recovering at the hospital um in the Jinsei temple uh or the Jinsei chamber <laughs> inside the sky temple. They have EKGs in the in Yeah, dude, they got EKGs in there and also uh Earth's Jinsei energy that keeps our realm uncorrupted. Uh, um which is in a you know, a big old tube floating in front of them. Uh <laughs> So Decada comes to and he's like what happened? And Raiden's there, and he's like, oh, fuck. And Raiden's like, no, man, it's cool, it's cool. Uh, Hanzo helped me get it under control. He's he's really good at that. That's something skill that was passed down to him. Uh, he's like, Hanzo helped me control the blood magic that was controlling me, and I used Earth's Jinsei. Uh, it's healing energy to, to heal you. Your soul is protected. Your body is healed. Sorry about all that. My bad, dude. Um, that's like a that's like a my B. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, that was the old Raiden dude. That was old me. I'm a different dude Yeah, this dude is old now. me, and I'm better. I, I'm better, man. <laughs> yeah. Hurt people, hurt people, and I'm ready to to put that aside. And yeah, it's, it's all good, dude. Takeda's like, I do not trust adults. What is wrong <laughs> yeah. with adults? <laughs> Wait, how old um, is he at this point? How old is Takeda? Uh, Takeda, I don't know, man. Maybe like twelve. Okay. <laughs> he's pretty young, dude. It's like he's seen a lot. <laughs> This kid has really gone through it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Raiden is like, all right, so thank you for bringing me back the uh, the Kamidoku dagger. I've got another one myself. Here's <laughs> the deal with these things. Um, I did not know they could be used to possess you. All I really knew about the Kamidoku daggers is that they are the weapons that were used to create the realms, um, but they were also used to imprison this elder god named Shinnok who once mm. tried to conquer the realms and once ruled the Netherrealm. And, and Hanzo was like, yeah, I fucking know that guy. I met him in the <laughs> Netherrealm. I once served him. He's bad news bears. He fucking he's, sucks, dude. He slayed Lucifer and took over the Netherrealm. And he's been trying to figure out how to take over uh, our realms. And now he's living in this amulet. Um, and Raiden's like, yeah, clearly somebody is trying to use blood magic and use these, these, uh, these daggers to bring Shinnok back, we have to figure out who it is uh, and stop them. So uh, 
Hanzo, Takeda, I'm dispatching you on an investigation mission across the realms to find the rest of the Kamidogu daggers. I've left them with a bunch of people in their protection mm-hmm. and figure out who's at the bottom of this. But the first place that you need to go is uh, to China. So like downstairs, basically, from <laughs> the Sky Temple. Because uh, one of the people that I left the Kamidogu dagger with is Sub-Zero. Oh, and okay. uh, he's the leader of the Lin Kuei. And uh, real talk, he, they got a bad attitude, dude. They don't like, they do not fuck with other people. They're probably gonna throw some hands, but I'm just giving you a heads up, just letting you yeah, guys know. It's like, and I, I'm pretty sure, Hanzo, you, you've got like a history with this guy, yeah. You know him, right? right? Dude? Yeah, yeah, you guys go way back, right? Yeah, didn't like his older brother kill you, and then you swore to kill him, and then uh, realize your mistakes and swore to protect him, but then at other times you've been at odds again. And Scorpion's like, yeah, we don't. Or Hanzo's like, yeah, we don't have like a great history. He's like, cool. I just need you to go talk to him. <laughs> yeah, we're more of a frenemies situation. Yeah, <laughs> I just need you to go talk to that guy and uh, and figure out like what's going on and and does he still have one of the shall of the of the uh, Kamidogu daggers and is he still trouble? And Hanzo's like, all right, I'll check it out. <laughs> um, so they go and they start investigating. For some reason, their investigation takes them all the way to Ka- Kahishari, Japan, so a city in a different country. Um, <laughs> and they find the city completely frozen over. Oh shit! Um, and they also find a couple of like frozen cyborgs. And Takeda's like, "What's that?" And Hans is like, "Oh, those are cyborgs." And Takeda's like, "There are cyborgs." And Hans is like, "Yeah, don't worry about it, man." Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Keep up. Didn't you read the pamphlet they gave yeah, you? Come on. It's like a whole thing. Sub Zero yeah. used to have his clan had cyborgs. Now they don't have cyborgs. He's probably cyborgs probably came after him. He took them out. Anyway, whole city's frozen. That's <laughs> probably bad because he was never this powerful before, and I'm guessing some shit's going down with mm-hmm. his Kamidogu dagger. And uh, sure enough, yeah, Sub-Zero pops up. <laughs> His eyes are blood red. He's covered in like self-mutilation <laughs> scars. He's got one of the Kamidogu daggers. And Hanzo's like, ah, fuck. And he tells Takeda, stand back. I'm going to handle this. I need to go full Scorpion if I have any chance <laughs> of beating this guy. I got to go full Scorp, dude. No, you never go full Scorp. Mm-hmm. Your body can't handle it. Yeah, that's, that's literally the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so he pushes Takeda back and he says like just be ready for the right moment we need to get that dagger off of him mm. and so there's this explosive battle where scorpions shooting hellfire and a juiced up sub-zeros freezing people in blocks of ice fuck yeah he freezes Takeda and then Hanzo's like melt melts the mm. ice Takeda's Hell unfrozen yeah. um they're going to war and Takeda manages to sneak up and snatch that Kamidogu dagger um, which allows uh, Hanzo to get the upper hand. He's going to kill Sub-Zero. He's going to slice his head off. Mm. But Takeda says, Hanzo, stop, stop, stop. You don't have to let your rage control you. Remember, you're, you're bigger than this. It won't, vengeance won't make you happy. And so instead, uh, they leave Sub-Zero lying in an enormous pool of his blood, probably going <laughs> to die anyway. <laughs> Bleeding out, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so you got that um, ice car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's not but it could have been but canonically i need to say that it was not that was not when it happened at a different time okay put the put the knife down ben i'm just joking it's, it can't be when it can't be you already had it so so takeda and hanzo they return to the sky temple for their next mission 
Um, and that is uh, to go to the Shaolin Temple, also in China, mm-hmm. um, to check on uh, whether the Shaolin Temple has still has the Kamidogu dagger that they were left in possession of. No question. You're, you're, you're going to answer the question, so I'm not even going to ask the because this this scene's Please coming ask. next. I was going to um, ask. Uh, is 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 the what was the drunken boxer guy or the guy that would drink from the huge gourds um, in Mortal oh, Kombat? Oh, Boracho. Yeah, it was he. Is he a Shaolin guy or is it just um? um he is who, actually just the the razor hat guy. He's actually an Outworld native. Oh, okay. Who defected to Earthrealm to train Earthrealm's warriors to Ooh, keep okay. Outworld from conquering another realm? <clears throat> okay. And so he did train Shaolin. Like Shaolin monks, kind of had a pipeline. Mm. Like like Lu, like Liu Kang and Kung Lao, who you were talking mm-hmm. about the blade yeah. hat, they kind of had a pipeline where, like, if you were a very talented Shaolin monk, you would then um, move on to the White Lotus Society, which is the level where Raiden would appear to you and say, "There are multiple dimensions. I recruit warriors uh, to defend Earth Realm," and that's where Raiden would then say, "And here's this guy Boraicho. He will train you." So. Bo Raicho had a relationship with the Shaolin Temple, but he did not train okay. everybody at the Shaolin Temple. Okay. Also, fun fact, I've been taking Kung Fu lessons uh, with the Shaolin oh, monk from the Shaolin Temple for the past uh, 12 weeks, and it's oh, the shit. most fun I've ever that? had in my life. How is I that? I love it so much. I love it so, so much. Oh, um, shit. It has become a great passion of mine. I only go once a week for an hour, but I spend all week looking forward to it. Ah, uh, damn! Um, what do you? What, what do you? What's, what's the normal? I, I only I've only done karate and like jujitsu, but like Shaolin kung fu sounds so fucking fun. It's a lot like dancing. It's a lot of like learning form and mm-hmm. like stances, but all of the stances are very specific strikes. Yeah, and a lot of them are inspired by uh, animals in cool ways. So, mm-hmm. um, like Kung Fu Panda obviously is tied to. I wanted to train before Kung Fu Panda or like alongside writing it. And then the pandemic happened. So I didn't really do it, but this class is actually outside at a park so I can do it Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about like being, you know, inside. Um, it rules. Please join me. You will. Oh, you'll dude, love it. Yeah. Send me the info. I'd love to check out. I will. I've gotten, I've finally learned just this past weekend, the full, uh, Shaolin staff form. Um, yes. So I can do like a huge like sequence of moves. I don't look cool and I'm not like great, but I but I've memorized it. But I know that. Yeah, but I bet you feel cool. We yeah. there is I remember like there's like maybe the second or third kata we learned in 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 uh, karate was one that actually had the bow staff, and I felt I was so bad, but I felt so cool doing like a little spin yeah, thing with the staff. Like, oh my god, I could take out a whole army. Look at me, I feel cool as shit. Yeah, I feel amazing. It's the best. I love it. Also, I'm like tall so my staff is insanely long and people have to stand <laughs> really far away from me hell yeah i do it my staff is like almost seven feet long <laughs> like seriously oh, that's it's, sick. unhinged yeah that's and i have so to do it before i hold my arm out which is already long and the whole staff <laughs> so like when i do it i need so much space <laughs> it's crazy oh that's so sick that's so sick <laughs> it's really fun uh anyway sidebar i just get excited now when i talk about shallon monks and I think about should. my Shifu and how cool he is. Um, <laughs> so uh, they they go to the temple, uh, Hanzo and Takeda, and they're immediately met by this guy named Shujinko, who's like a very old man who who is a master there. And they say, hey, man, um, we hear that the Kamidogu dagger of the Chaos Realm, because <clears throat> each of these daggers kind of uh, are tied to a specific realm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
chaos realm being the realm uh, where there are no rules. They worship water because it holds no form. And I swear to God, this is canon. The national pastime is a sport called everybody run around where there are no rules. There's no winner and there's no time that it ends. Everybody just runs around. What's Are there any notable um, fighters from this realm that I, that I would know? Yes. And you are about to meet him. Okay. Okay. I'm curious if you remember him at all from like Xbox era, because that's when he showed up. Um, so Shujinko is supposed to have the K- K- Kamidogu dagger of the Chaos Realm, uh, but not unlike every interaction they've had along this entire mission. <laughs> uh, he says, oh, I'm not going to give you my Kamidogu dagger. Instead, I would like to introduce you to somebody. His name is Havoc, and he's a cleric from the Chaos Realm. Ooh. And uh, yeah, and so are you, do you remember Havoc at all? I'm trying to remember what was what was his what was what was his weapon? Is he like the he, he had like a club like a, with spikes on it? He looked like a knight, like a weird fucked up knight kind of. No, like, like, he like looks, his chest was like half his chest was out or something like that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he looked he looked like a. I mean, he's a cleric, so like he has a big like robe, and then yeah, he's um well, not unlike a lot of people we've met in this story, completely mutilated. Like <laughs> our. Hanzo, Hanzo and Takeda go in to meet him and like he has sliced his own face off. Oh his, yeah, I know this guy. Chest, okay. yeah. yeah. His yeah. entire chest has been ripped open. We can see like all of his bones. Um poor guy. Mm-hmm. No, he he likes this stuff because he's from the chaos realm. Everything that's bad is good to him. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a bizarro world. Bizarro world rules. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So uh so they go in to meet this guy, and as soon as they do meet him, they're like, hmm. I have notes. I have a couple notes. This seems bad. (laughs) He seems related to all of the bad stuff that's happening. Not to like profile you, dude, but uh, your face is sliced off and you're ranting about Kamidogu daggers. Seems a lot like Fox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Not to profile, but I'm I'm seeing a common pattern. uh Uh-huh. And you're refusing to give us the dagger. So Hanzo says, Takeda... Why don't you go into the other room and talk to Shujinko real quick? I'm going to have a conversation with Havoc. And so Takeda's like, uh, if you say so, man. So he walks off with Shujinko. And Shujinko says, hello, Takeda. Did you know that I knew your father? And Takeda's like, oh, God, where's this going? Yeah, here we go. And, uh, and, and uh, Shujinko says, yeah, he came by the temple after leaving you with Hanzo. Because he used to train here from time to time. And uh, he was kind of tortured over leaving you. Um, But at the end of the day, he said, "Uh, I choose my war with the Red Dragon and Dagon over my family. And Takeda's like, cool, man. Thanks for sharing (laughs) that story with me. Yeah, Yeah. no, that that makes me feel really good. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Who is Dagon, by the way? Like, what the (laughs) fuck is that guy's deal? (laughs) And uh, so Shijinko explains, he says, well, Dagon is a demigod who leads the Red Dragon. He's been at war with Kenshi for many years because Kenshi originally joined the Red Dragon. Um, but it turned out in it eventually that he was an undercover operative who was working for the U.S. Special Forces, uh, which is a wing of the U.S. military that investigates <laughs> and polices other dimensions. <laughs> Duh, naturally. Yeah, America, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, doing our thing out on foreign soil, just fucking up governments. Yeah, sitting in our, um, our two best agents, Sonya Blade and Jax. And I guess it's yes. just their kids and a couple years after that. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Kenshi says, why, why did... Okay, so you know all of that. Or sorry, uh, Takeda says, you know all that stuff. Why did Hanzo never tell me any of that about my dad? And Shujinko says, he was probably trying to protect you. Uh, clearly, you know, cl- clearly Kenshi didn't want you involved in like his war with the Red Dragon. Um, and then Shujinko's like, anyway, enough stalling. And he pulls out a Kamidoku dagger <laughs> and says, I'm going to fucking kill you. You have to die first. And Takeda's like, what? And so <laughs> Shujinko immediately takes him hostage, drags him in another room. Just as Hanzo gets hurled through some doors nearby, uh, and slides yeah. across the room, beaten up, and Havoc walks in, and Hanzo's like, "It's gone south! It's gone south!" <laughs> <laughs> Our words failed. Our words failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Havoc just starts beating the shit out of Hanzo, like to the point that he's visibly beating him to death. Oh shit! Um, and so Takeda's like, "Go, Scorpion! Turn into yeah. Scorpion!" um but hanzo refuses he does not want to because havoc specifically is like i want you to go go scorpion i want you to lose control so that i can use that power for my mission i'm going to collect the kamidogu daggers and i'm going to kill the elder gods and finish what shinnok started um mm -hmm. (laughs) so because he owned up to that hanzo's like i'm not going to become scorpion then i'm not going to do it and he turns to Takeda and he says, we always have a choice. Just as Havoc punches him so hard, he punches through his chest cavity. Oh, shit. Fatality. Objectively. Oh, yeah. Objectively killing Hanzo. Um, so Hanzo him. dies. Yeah, man. Like in Takeda's arms. And Takeda is uh, horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. Uh-huh. And he says to Havoc, I'm going to come after you. You will pay for this. And Havoc's mm. like, eh, you're not really a threat. I got my Kamidoku dagger. Have fun <laughs> yeah. with whatever you think you're going to do, dude. Bye. Yeah, fucked up. Man. Went like a G. At least he didn't, he did. at least he didn't um, compromise his principles. And that's really all we can ask for at the end of the day. Yeah, we all hope that we'll go down cool saying... Uh, <laughs> I chose this. I decided to die now and I'm not afraid instead of what like probably definitely happens to most of us, which is I'm so afraid. I don't I'm so, I'll do whatever, man. Not now. Any other time. Um, <laughs> you got to admire that. He chose his path. Yeah. Uh, so Takeda, not knowing what to do, returns to the Sky Temple to try to ask for Raiden's help, like defeating Havoc. Um, but when he gets there, what should he find? But, once again, Raiden has become possessed by blood magic. <laughs> Classic Raiden. He can't keep his fingers out those blood daggers. He legit cannot keep his shit together at all. Mm. Well, it turns out Raiden never got his blood magic under control. <laughs> had always been under control that whole time. And sending, uh, sending, somehow sending uh, Hanzo and Takeda on this mission to collect the Kamidogu daggers from people that were possessed by Havoc to begin with was all part of a plan to get (laughs) them to collect the daggers and then hand them to Raiden and to Havoc so that they could all be collected by Havoc uh, (laughs) at a place called Shang Tsung's Island. 
um, which is an island that was formerly owned by a man named Shang Tsung. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that Havoc can complete his ritual. And that is where Raiden is, is what was is what Takeda learned. So uh, mm. that's the circumstance, right? All the Kamidogu daggers have now been moved to Shang Tsung's island. Raiden's gone bad, and everyone is meeting up there uh, to do bad shit, led by Havoc. Mm. And Takeda has a choice, right? Which is either run, or, as the Shirai Ryu are, are wont to do, fight. Answer that call, baby. Answer... Ghostbusters answer the call. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Takeda heads off for Shang Tsung's Island to handle this shit himself. He, he arrives and sneaking through ninja style Mm -hmm. and observes that uh, all the greatest warriors of earth realm and outworld and, and several other realms have all gathered here uh, possessed by blood magic, protecting (laughs) havoc as he finishes this ritual. Seems kind of like, Hopeless. (laughs) Hopeless. <laughs> um, but Takeda refuses to back down. He waits until he sees Havoc holding Shinnok's amulet, uh, ready to complete the ritual. He sneaks out of the shadows and fully slices Havoc's hands off. Hell yeah. yeah Get dude. over here. Get over hand. here, bruh. Yeah. He <laughs> slices his hands off. The Kamidogu dagger goes hurtling to the, sorry, the, the amulet. Fuck the mm-hmm. daggers at this point. He already yeah. got the amulet. Amulet falls to the ground. Um, Havoc's like, ah, his blood spraying <laughs> out of his arm stumps. Um, and uh, he he says, I'm going to get this amulet. I'm going to take you down. And Havoc's like, you can't stop me. I literally have everyone on this island possessed. There's no way you can fight your way out. There's no way you can kill your way out. I've got your number, dude. Uh, and Takeda says, everything I care about is dead now, thanks to you. I have nothing else to live for. <laughs> My end game is to destroy you. Fuck and yes. everything you care about. And Havoc's like, oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually just joking, uh, dude. Yeah, oh. you, you be cool, dude. Be cool. Yeah, that sounds bad. I don't like <laughs> that. Um, but he's like, I got to commit, right? So Havoc six uh, his warriors on Takeda. He's like, all right, man. Fine, you want to end this? Let's end this. And so first, he sends in two warriors from Earthrealm that he has possessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie Cage, the daughter of Johnny Cage and Sonya oh. Blade. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Briggs, the daughter of Jackson Briggs. <laughs> Backstory you don't need, but he captured them when they were uh, at a fight club. Then they got caught by they're like two bad girls who don't do what their parents say of course they were at a fight club then they got captured by this group called the black dragon that are mercenaries who brought them to outworld where the That's, red is dragon that Kano, tried is to that, is that kano's up. group that is kano's group okay. they're a splinter off of the red dragon okay they then got captured by the red dragon um but managed to escape for a moment until they were brought by the red dragon to uh havoc <laughs> all right we got the two red kids dragon here work for, for you havoc. yeah <laughs> So they were like, okay, Slice, you're possessed. Boom, yeah. you're possessed. Uh, which led us to hear <clears throat> Cassie Cage and Jackie Briggs are now fighting Takeda. I, I call them out specifically because they're obviously going to become an important part of his life later on. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, he survives this battle. Um, <laughs> so the hits start coming and they don't stop coming. Um, Takeda's fighting Cassie and Jackie. He knocks them out, but he, they just keep coming. He's fighting dozens of warriors 
on this island uh, is extremely overwhelmed. Um, but he does manage to grab the amulet and, and try to sneak away. Uh, unfortunately, once again, <laughs> Havoc gets the amulet. It just keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel like anyone that gets Shinnok's amulet never has a good time. Like nothing ever good comes of that amulet that he has. And the fact that like he gets it, Havoc gets it, he gets it, Havoc gets it. It's like head yeah. on a hat. You yeah. know, Feels like it's kind of it's kind of a repeat beat. Maybe we yeah. can cut this. Just do it the one time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, war erupts. Uh, Takeda's getting fucking blasted by the amulet it really looks like he's gonna die until um who should arrive and save him but as he's fading out like almost dead he thinks he sees as he as he finally fade to black he thinks he sees scorpion oh. show up and grab havoc's head and fully rip it off oh hell yes spine it all he's back uh, and then disappear. And, and, and so Takeda's like, <laughs> what was that? And he just passes out on this island, just like on the beach. He's like, I don't, I don't know what that was. Mm. Um, a little while later, uh, Takeda wakes up and sees that the island's pretty much deserted. Um, and uh, Havoc is dead. That was real. But he's like, it had to have been a hallucination because I, mm. I, know, I know that Scorpion's dead. I saw him die. Um, so he's feeling depressed. He's like, now I have nothing to live for. You know, my revenge, my vengeance is over. Havoc's mm-hmm. dead. Um, so what do I do? So he returns to the Shirayu temple and he starts constructing this huge uh, memorial to mm-hmm. all of the people who died, all of his like classmates from the beginning of this adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Hanzo Hasashi. Um, it takes him like a long time to put this memorial together with all their pictures. Um, and he's almost done and trying to figure out what's going to happen next for him when a portal opens up behind him <laughs> and who should come through this portal, but Thanos, Thanos, dude, it's yeah. fucking, it's, it's all our favorite Marvel heroes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Scorpion, man. Scorpion oh, my boy's back. The portal and Takeda says, how are you alive? And Scorpion says the most badass shit I've ever heard. He says, <laughs> I know the way to hell and back by heart. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's like, yeah, I went to, I died. I went to hell. <laughs> and once again, I fought my way out of that shit. <laughs> Can't keep it made down, baby. Scorpion's back. Yeah, man. And now I'm back. Um, Takeda's like, holy shit, that rules. <laughs> he does and like Hanzo, a devil horn. It's like, yeah, dude, that's fucking hardcore. Holy fuck. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Hanzo says, "Are you ready to finish your training?" And Takeda's like, "Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I f- kind of feel like someone who like already learned it <laughs> on the job, but yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. let's, let's do it. Let's figure it out." So, uh, so they get back to training. Like for a while, they like just fully just two bros like Shirayu training. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel bad. I can't remember that. I feel like the word is Chigron, but he uh. Takeda finally graduates and he becomes like a formal member of the Shirayu mm. under Scorpion. And who should show up? His dad. Clapping. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Kenshi shows up and he's like, you did it. This is what I've been waiting for. Um, for your graduation. Mm-hmm. It's my proudest day. And Takeda's like, Oh fuck <laughs> off yeah. dude. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Are you fucking kidding me? First off, we spent like one week together. Yeah. I am like 18, 19, 23. I don't know how old I am, but I'm I'm grown up. I do not know you, man. <laughs> I did not go through this training to impress you. How who the fuck do you think you are? And Kenshi is like, I accept that. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> I goofed. I get it. I goofed. Did I make mistakes that led to the death of your mother? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I uh, almost get you killed because I was running from my mistakes? Yes. I give you that. Did I, uh, fair. <laughs> Did I leave you with a total stranger? Um, who, yes, was a wraith who barely kept his hellfire under control. Again, guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. Have I seen you since? <laughs> no. Yeah. But did you become a ninja? Yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome, kid. You know. And Kenshi says to him, listen, here's what I would like. Here's what I did. I trained you until you were ready. Now the two of us can take down Dagon and the Red Dragon mm-hmm. together as father and son. And Takeda's like, I don't know. And he's like, would it change your mind if I told you that I was telepathic and I could teach you to be telepathic too? By the way, been sitting on that one for the past 18 years. We'll make sure you're ready for it. But yeah, your dad, yeah, he can read your mind. So like, I know what you're really thinking, kid. He's like, not, not just telepathic. <laughs> Telekinesis. Ooh. What if I could teach you because it's in you too, because you're my son. And, uh, and Takeda's like, all right. <laughs> you got me. This is this is the healing I need. So I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so um listen, there is no canonical answer to this. So all I can really say is to the best of our knowledge, they did do that. <laughs> well, you know what? I I bet what happened is it was like, you know, when Luke crashed into Dagobah, like it was a lot of like them running through like a swamp, maybe Maybe he's carrying his dad on his back, like Yoda, like Luke and Yoda, and like doing backflips and stuff. And uh, you know, as he's trying to, like, he's like trying to levitate, like his little whip sword. He's like throwing peanuts at him to like distract him. I can see it already. I see it in my mind's eye. That is the, you know, that's all we got is to assume that that happened because we never mm-hmm. see. <laughs> By the time we see Takeda again in the story, it's been five years, and uh, like his father, he has joined the U.S. Special Forces. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that the, the U.S. military plays such a heavy role in these Mortal Kombat games. In, in the life of this Thai boy who uh, became a ninja in Japan and spends a significant amount of time working for gods and ninjas in China, for some reason he's got to join the fucking U.S. military. He wants to get that. Uh, he wants to get a Challenger, and that's the only way that he could afford one. Was signing up for four <laughs> years for the U.S. military. <laughs> yeah he went back to high school and he was like i don't know what to do this is what it was um yeah man listen he joins <laughs> the u.s special forces and he's on a team that is led by uh his dad's well it's kind of not led but it's working under uh his dad's old military buddies sonia blade <laughs> and Jax. Uh, and an American movie star Johnny Cage. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he was in the military. He leads operations. I forgot about that. Fully. It's, <laughs> it's like, like Jean-Claude Van Damme dropping into like for Operation Desert Storm. That's yeah. so funny. Uh-huh. And Takeda like for sure had not seen a movie until <laughs> at least like now. Yeah. So he's just like, what's going on? What's why am I listening to this guy? <laughs> yeah. He's in a movie. All right. 
I guess. Have you seen the, the future of most modern modern martial artists is, is, is to become a, a choreographer for an action movie? So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, I guess this is my life. Yeah. Um, he's on the team, by the way, with a Shaolin monk named Kung Jin and Cassie Cage and Jackie Briggs. Oh, the whole family's together. Yeah, his old buddies that he once fought on an island, and it yeah. should be mentioned, he uh, really wants to fuck. Uh, Jackie, he has a huge crush on her. Um, he like doesn't know what to do with his hands around her. He's very he's very cute and shy. He's like a sheltered boy who spent most of his life committing murder. Yeah, well, um, you see a, a Meg the Stallion rolling up, Meg the Stallion esque lady rolling up to you. You're gonna be nervous too. Yeah, dude. He's like, oh, uh, oh, um, hi, uh, I, um, um, it was nice meeting you when we fought and you did blood magic. I'm totally um, a ninja now, though, so like I could definitely handle it. You know. Yeah, did I could do telekinetic stuff. Do you want me to move a cup? <laughs> yeah. You want to move a quarter? It's really cool. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. I can throw a hat in there. I can tip this fedora with my mind, <laughs> my lady. <laughs> my lady, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the team, right? It's five years later. This is the team. They don't really get along yet. They have so they have very little in common. And also he like definitely resents Cassie and Jackie for like that mm-hmm. ex- one experience he had with them in the past. And he doesn't know Johnny Cage and Sony Blade. He still doesn't really have like a great relationship with his dad. And yeah, and this is like his team. He hasn't seen Hanzo in a while. It's like he's kind of not feeling great. And uh, it's around this time they're sent on their first mission, which is to make contact with Sub Zero and the Lin Kuei. <laughs> you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me two to three more more times, shame on me. But that fourth time. It's back on you. So I think this time they're going to correct it. Here's again. (laughs) Yeah. He's basically told like, hey, could you check up? It's easy. It's not a real. It's like we're sending the babies on this mission because we just want to see what's up with the Lin Kuei. They are allies of U.S. Special Forces. We just haven't heard from them in a while. So just go check on it. Uh, So Takeda and the team go there and they are sneaking around and they see Sub-Zero meditating in front of the temple. Mm-hmm. and they kind of argue over what to do. They're like, how should we approach him? One of us goes in. No, two of us go in. Maybe we sneak up over here. No, we should just approach and say hi. And they can't agree, and Kung Jin, being brash, jumps ahead, and they immediately get caught <laughs> and uh, arrested by the Lin Kuei. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out this was actually all a training mission to prove the flaws in the team. A <laughs> uh, training mission led by Sub-Zero and Johnny Cage to prove that the team needs to learn how to work together like a team. Mm. They head back to base, um, which has been converted, I should say, to an outworld refugee center because right now at this point in time, there's a civil war going on in outworld and there are a lot of refugees like abandoning outworld to try to like hide out in Earthrealm. And was there the a US stage in Mortal Kombat that was, that was based at that place? Yeah. Okay. Is. Yeah, right. I've seen that stage. Special yeah. Forces base that's a refugee camp. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've seen that stage. Yeah, so they return to the refugee camp, um, and uh, Takeda bumps into Kenshi, who says to him telepathically, hey, man, heard it didn't work out. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm your dad. I'm here to support you. And Takeda's like, I hold myself to higher standards. That fucking sucked. It was not my fault that it went wrong. (laughs) Um, But it's okay, because eventually Takeda sent on a real mission. They hear from one of the refugees from Outworld that right now in Outworld, Melina the former uh, con of Outworld, who is mm, currently yep. like trying to wage a, a like shadow war mm-hmm. against the current con, Kotal Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been using something that looks 
a lot, like Shinox Amulet, to fuck up uh, <laughs> villages in Outworld. <laughs> She's the one with the teeth, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So our team uh, gets dispatched to just investigate, because this seems fishy. Earthrealm and Raiden are supposed to be protecting the amulet <laughs> right now. Yeah. It shouldn't be an Outworld. <laughs> so they send the team just to check up on it. And as soon as the team gets to Outworld, they immediately fuck up. <laughs> um, they get caught by Kotal Khan's army uh, and his generals who are like, mm. what are you doing here? Mm. You don't get to just walk in. The U.S. military can't just like hang out on our soil. That's uh, not like how damn, this works. Shit. You know what happened was we got, damn, we, damn, oh, we got lost. Shoot. We got lost. Oh, yeah. you got your, this is Outworld? Oh, we thought shit. it was. Um, can- that was, outer, outer that was nether nether world. That's crazy. Yeah, yo. we thought this is nether town. <laughs> That's RB. Um, yeah, so they immediately get into like a fight with Kotal Khan's men. Uh, that turns into them getting like arrested, possibly executed. Mm. Uh, but Kung Jin takes yet another gambit, which makes Takeda look at him kind of mm. differently. He says, "I challenge Kotal Khan to a trial by combat. I've studied the rules of this realm, and so I'm going to take him on in a fight." He wins that fight, and Takeda's like, okay, respect. All right, we approach things differently, but you get the job done, and that's mm. pretty cool. Okay. So they, they patch things up with Kotal Khan and the forces of Outworld, and Takeda and his team are paired up with uh, Kotal Khan mm. and his team, which include you know people like Reptile you've heard of, Ermac, mm-hmm. yep. um, and this bug lady named Devora. Mm-hmm. They're, they're part of his team, so they, they get teamed up with Team Takeda, and together they track down Melina, find her, kill her, and take <laughs> back Shinox. And you know, they go full like uh, SEAL Team 6, and they <laughs> take her down. <laughs> they drop it under cover of night. They drop it under cover of night uh, with like silenced AKs, and like, ba-rap, 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 and yeah, they yeah. take him down. Yeah, all her bees, yeah. are like all her like, little bugs are, are have like little silencers yeah. on her as we go into her. Zap, zap, zap. And uh, yeah, they, they take him down and uh, they get the amulet back and then um, they go to return it to Earthrealm when Kotal Khan betrays them. Oh, man. And he says, the four of you are going to jail, Outworld jail. Um, <laughs> your failure to keep this amulet intact resulted in a bunch of people in Outworld dying and me almost losing my throne. <laughs> so this is mine now and you're going to jail and Takeda and his team are like fuck we fucked up again and they're locked up and wondering what to do and while they're locked up kind of bored they for the first time start opening up to each other mm. and Takeda starts talking about his dad and, and all the dead bodies he's seen in his life <laughs> starts talking about like his weird kind of dad like relationship with Scorpion and mm-hmm. And Jackie says, oh, I have a complicated relationship with my dad, too. He didn't want me to join special forces. He's not happy I'm here um, because of all the horrible things he's seen fighting mm. in other dimensions. But I feel this need to protect him and other people. And and uh, Takeda and Jackie are like, oh, I kind of kind of see where just, you're at. Do we just do some bonding? Are we like are just, we friends uh, now? Yeah, just bonded a little bit. I feel like yeah. we're friends and yeah, maybe we could be uh, more than friends. I don't know. Yeah. See what happens. And so the team's coming together and they're starting to get along. And uh, Takeda says, hey, I have an idea. I know how we can get out of jail. Check this out. And he looks at one of the guards and uses telepathy to overload his senses. <laughs> and the guard just like gets a nosebleed and falls over. <laughs> and Takeda takes the keys, frees everybody. 
and the team runs out of the jail together. They immediately get intercepted by Kotal Khan's generals. They fight Kotal Khan's generals. Um, and in the process, they learn that one of Kotal Khan's generals, Devora, the bug lady, mm. has betrayed him. She took the amulet, booked it back to Earthrealm, and is in the midst of freeing Shinnok right now in Earthrealm so that they can destroy uh, Earth by corrupting its Jinsei energy. It be your and own one. Destroy the realms. Yeah. They uh they got owned and foisted upon their own uh <laughs> petard. So uh so it turns into uh, a, a squabble. They manage to fight the outworld generals. They return to Earth Realm. They get to the refugee camp, and yeah, sure enough, bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> Um, and Shinnok has been freed and he and Devora together have fucked off to the Sky <laughs> Temple, Raiden Sky Temple, where they're in the process of trying to corrupt our Jinsei. And Takeda is like, seen a lot of this before. Not surprised Raiden botched this. There's no way he's holding it down at the temple. We need to get to that temple right now. I know how to get there. I've been there. Look, I'm not trying uh, to be mean, but like, I mean, I have notes. So like, he's been fucking up a lot, right? I mean, I can't be the only one that sees this, right, guys? Like, He sucks. Yeah, like I didn't want to say it. Sucks, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's not a good god, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> um. So yeah, they they are heading to the Sky Temple in their big airship, and it gets taken down uh, <laughs> over a forest. <laughs> I just want um, I want them to get from point A to point B without something tragic happening, but they just don't have it happening for them. No, never gonna happen. Plane goes down. They're in the forest. <laughs> they're like, "Who took us down?" They're looking around. They're walking through the forest. Uh, Takeda says, this reminds me of when I used to take walks in the forest with my mom. And Jackie's like, I used to take walks in the forest with my dad. Maybe we could talk, take a walk in the forest together sometime. <laughs> that really, that happens verbatim. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so they're walking around and all of a sudden who should they bump into, but Kotal Khan, he mm. and his generals have come to earth realm from Outworld, And they're like, y'all fuck this up for us. Now we're going to kill you and present your heads to Shinnok and say, do what you want with Earthrealm as long as you leave Outworld alone. Mm. Uh, our heroes are like, we don't want do not do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah well, we talked it over and we all said, that's just not going to work for we us. We want sorry. to not be dead instead. Is that on the yeah. table? Yeah. Currently? Can we? Can could we, it, could can it we be? Yeah. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to say it, but like, it'd be cool if we didn't have to could die. Could we not die? Yeah. Um, and thankfully, their asses get saved by Sub Zero and the Lin Kuei. Turns Hell out yeah. the forest is in China, right by the Lin Kuei Temple, probably. I don't know how else they showed up here. <laughs> they get saved by uh, the Lin Kuei, and Sub Zero says, "You've all grown, especially you, Takeda, a lot, and you are ready. I trust you to be the ones to stop Shinnok. Go to the Sky Temple. End this." And so everyone heads to the temple, and when they get there, they see that Shinnok is being protected by the undead revenant soldiers of all of the warriors that have died over Ooh. the years. It's like all the greatest warriors in history are like here as possessed zombies, basically. Mm. It's going to be an intense fight, and Takeda's like triggered. He's like, this reminds me of Havoc's little situation on the island. Mm. This is bad. Uh, he and Jackie agree to fight the revenants, and uh, basically slow them down <clears throat> so long as Cassie and Kung Jin can make it to the temple mm -hmm. and stop uh, Shinnok. They, they exhibit teamwork for real for the first yeah. time. 
And in doing so, it works. Jackie uh, and Takeda get their asses kicked, but they hold them back long enough for Cassie and Kung Jin to get in there, defeat Shinnok, end the possession of all these warriors briefly, at least send them running back to the Nether Realm, mm-hmm. uh, and save the day once and for all. And that is actually kind of the last time we see Takeda. He and Jackie um, get together, having just saved the world and proven their worth as a team. And Jackie says, maybe instead of that walk uh, in a forest, you and I could go to a pool and have some drinks with umbrellas in them and just relax for once. I think we earned that. <laughs> uh, no, I actually want to go to the forest. Like that was the whole deal, dude. Like, what do you? Yeah, I don't want to no, go to I, pool. I missed it. I miss my mom. I'm just yeah. trying to say that I miss my mom. <laughs> no, Takeda's like, honestly, after a lifetime of seeing murder and saving the realms, uh, sounds good. Yeah. And that is the last time we see him. But. In Mortal Kombat 11, the most recent game uh, where Jackie is is a participant, Jackie does make several mentions, and old, many old other characters make mention of the fact that Jackie and Takeda get engaged, Ooh, and they're going to get okay. married. They found love. Yeah, so Takeda has a really happy ending. Yeah. He does not get involved in the uh, in future inter-realm conflict, so he kind of seems to have become somewhat of like a house husband. Yeah, I mean, if like um, he got what he—that's the—that's the only happy ending in any of the Mortal Kombat games or that I've heard so far. So, congrats to King. Congrats honestly, to our boy. Like, is yeah. <laughs> it's nice for him, you know. He he kind of gets what he started with, what he liked, which is like a domestic life. Yeah, with his mom, you know, it's what he yeah. it's what he started, it's what he wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm happy about. It. I'm glad Takeda Takeda got that. The one possibility that's unsettling is that uh, the Joker from DC Comics tortured him. <laughs> <laughs> did he of course he did canonically probably not but he does claim to have in the dlc for mortal kombat 11. <laughs> and that's it dude that's that's takeda's story how do you feel about, about i really like his i like his i like his story a lot i mean it hits all the things that i like we got the lone wolf and cup of it all we got a little bit of kill bill in there Actually, a lot in there. Uh, we got even a little bit of Predator with like the special forces going into like this alien land. Uh, as mm-hmm. you were telling it, I do realize that that was the last one that I think I watched fully, like um, the Cinemax I watched that because I because the reverence they fight is one of them like Luke Kang. Is that one of the? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So I definitely remember like that fight scene happening, uh, but I didn't realize that he hadn't showed up in a game since then. Like I remember I never played the game, but like I remember like his moveset looked cool. It seemed like it'd be right up right up my alley. Dude, it's so cool. He's he's literally got the telepathic powers of Kenshi and then the chain whip that evokes Scorpion. Yeah. And then he's also got like daggers and stuff. He's he's tight. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's the game where you could have like three different like um Yeah, fighting styles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. I love Takeda. I really want them to bring him back. I will say the end of the most recent game, Liu Kang, but a younger version of Liu Kang displaced in time, mm-hmm. becomes the new god of time, Titan of time, <laughs> and resets the entire timeline back to the very beginning. Oh, fuck uh, Well, yeah. he doesn't do it, but it happens. So mm-hmm. there's a new timeline being created now that Takeda, in theory, could be a part of. Oh, sh- wait. Did I, I did not ask you this question, but did you have a main from this particular game? From... Mortal Kombat oh. X, like with Takeda? Yeah. Yeah. Takeda. Oh, yeah. was Takeda? Okay, okay. Yeah, he was my main. Good I shit. I fucking love him, man. I'm so bummed that he's only in one game. Yeah, <laughs> like that, really I feel like um, Mortal Kombat does a lot, like does that a lot. Well, they'll make these really interesting characters that you, they're used once or twice and then you never hear from them ever again. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he comes back. I have no idea what's coming next. Yeah, because um, uh, 
uh, what was the bow and arrow guy? Um, um, Kung Jin. He was only in one game too, right? Yeah, he and Kung, yeah. he and he and Takeda were like set up as main characters in Mortal Kombat X, but then they did not come back in Mortal Kombat 11. Mm. It's a bummer. Mortal Kombat 12, keeping your fingers crossed. Fingies crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed Takeda's story. Uh, there's just one segment left in the show, Zig, and that's a segment that I like to call "Choose Your Destiny" um, because that's <laughs> what it's called. And that is a segment in which I ask you, now that you know, you know more about the various realms and mm-hmm. and uh, beings of the Mortal Kombat universe, I ask you uh, if you were to exist in the world of Mortal Kombat, uh, who would Zigby? Who would you fight for? What, what's your fatality? Like, tell me a little bit about about your. I think I would definitely fight for. I would definitely fight for Earth realm. You know, home because that's my home. Um, Fair. I, I, I mean, I think I got to be a part of the Lin Kuei. Like, I like, I'm a I huge... thought maybe bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I get my, I, I discover my frost powers while I'm chilling uh-huh. the beers in, in Philly. Um, I'm a huge uh, Sub-Zero stan. Uh, so I yeah. think I would, I would do a mix. I sort of like how um, Takeda is like a sort of a revamping of Scorpion mixed with his dad. Like, I would like to do like a new revamp version of like um, Sub-Zero. So like. Maybe Sub Zero with like a. Uh, I also was a big fan of Barada or Baraka. So like Barada, yeah, the bread. He he was cut. He was cut. He was yeah. some, from the bread DLC. I know you've been doing a lot of cooking, so I'm assuming that was. <laughs> yeah, he's Italian. He's the Italian. Uh, the Italian guy. But like, <laughs> I think if, if I would like to see like a uh, like a uh, some sort of like daughter or son of mm-hmm. the good Sub Zero. See what they're up to because I, I really like those imaginations. So like that would be my 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 take. I think that's a good choice. Okay, so you're you're a uh... ice based like uh, Earth realm side of good, um, but there's definitely like a new twist. It's not like the same, you know, fireball or ice ball rather and slide that you see for for Sub Zero. I'll tell you a little bit about the the Cryomancers in Mortal Kombat. They're actually mm. originally from Outworld. They're Outworld Ooh. natives. Okay, who who uh, escaped during the reign of Shao Kahn? To they may have even had their own realm before being conscripted to Outworld, but they escaped to Earthrealm, and the only ones who survived that we know of so far mm-hmm. are Sub Zero and Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in theory, you could be like another person who snuck through, and like, yeah, you were watching TV one day and saw a report about an ice guy, and were like, "I can do ice," but I kept it from everybody, and then <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the, the scene. Where, like, I pull over my my closet, dig out, like hit the secret panel, like I put on like my Sub Zero uniform, join yeah, join dude. the clan. Yeah, I can see it. I think it checks out. I think it makes sense. I think it's good. I like it. Thank you. I, I zig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like actually, that, that actually in everything you said was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, zig, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a blast. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. If people want more zig in their lives, which they will, where can they get it? <laughs> you know what? I'm on all them social media platforms at yay for zig, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, that's where I'd be at. And do you have anything exciting uh, that you worked on coming out soon, possibly on you know television? What? You know, if you happen to have a Disney Plus subscription and it's after August 18th, why don't you go ahead and check out She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, I wrote on that at this point three years ago, so it's nice to see it finally come out. <laughs> uh, we had a really great, really great staff, some really, really funny episodes, and uh, I'm very excited for that to check out. People check that out. And uh, if you're into comic books, which I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to the Mortal Kombat podcast, uh, check out uh, Spider-Punk. Uh, I wrote that in the last issue. Number five should be out by the time that this episode is out. Hell yeah, dude. 
I'm so happy uh, to see all your success. It really is. Thanks, the best. man. Same to you, dude. We've known each other via the internet for a very long time. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's cool to see you out there doing it. Thanks, man. Rules. Same to you. Thanks for thanks yeah. for having me on. And also thanks for giving me some great career advice early on. Oh, ha- dude, happy to. Hopefully any of it was constructive. <laughs> <laughs> it was all very constructive. Good. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, thanks again, Dave, for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Audience, of course, thanks for listening. And as always, finish him. 